And we are live. Welcome everyone to the Melon Initiative podcast. I'm Dr. Kimberly Madison, a doctorally prepared nurse practitioner and one of your co-hosts here at the Melanin Initiative. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Geraldine and Alicia. Happy holidays. In healthcare, there is often too much information and not enough time. Here at the Melanin Initiative, we avoid TMI by breaking things down into language you can understand. We create a safe space here for you to ask your questions, and we share a nursing perspective without taking too much of your time. We're super excited about this topic, not because it's a good one to have, but because it's so prevalent in our community, and especially this time of year. Because of all the goodies and all the treats, all the family dinners, and people are just indulging a little bit more than they probably should. The topic, congestive heart failure, or CHF. By the end of this episode, we hope you'll be able to define CHF, share some common signs and symptoms, as well as complications, how you can avoid seeing us in the hospital, which includes lifestyle, so what you eat and how much you move, and of course, medications if they're prescribed, and side effects with those medications. Uh, before we get started, Geraldine's just going to go over a few house rules. As always, we like to start off with our disclaimer. This show is for educational purposes only. The opinions expressed are our opinions alone, and they are not a representation of any of our affiliations. If you are experiencing a medical emergency, you should seek medical attention and medical guidance from your healthcare provider. If you're having a physical emergency, you can call 911. And if you're having a mental health emergency, you can call 988. Thanks, Geraldine. So for those of you who are listening, um, I have just displayed a picture on the screen of congestive heart failure. So um, I'm going to reference it from this point moving forward as CHF because congestive heart failure is a lot to say. <laughs> so what is congestive heart failure, CHF? Um, it's also commonly known as just heart failure, but it's a long-term condition in which your heart can't pump blood well enough to meet your body's needs. Your heart is still working. But because it can't handle the amount of blood it should, the blood builds up in other parts of your body. And most of the time, this is going to affect your lungs, feet, and legs. Okay? So um, the picture on the screen here is showing you what the normal heart looks like, which is oxygen, where oxygen-rich blood is pumped throughout the body. And then on the other side is what heart failure looks like, where... If you see at the bottom, there was a nice, healthy, thick muscle, and that muscle has gone away. And blood can't, because the muscle isn't thick anymore, that blood can't pump out like it's supposed to with uh, where that normal heart function is. Yeah, excellent. So yeah, on the right side of the heart, you have all the blood that just went through your whole body. It's coming back to your heart to pick up some oxygen and do that whole thing all over again. So it enters your top atrium, goes through that valve into the bottom chamber, which we call your ventricle, then it will go to your lungs. So keep in mind, every little body part we're mentioning, you can have problems in each of those areas if it's not flowing properly. After it gets picks up oxygen in the lungs, it's gonna come back through that left ventricle and up through the right atrium, out to your aorta, which is a huge blood vessel, and back out to the rest of the body. As Alicia mentioned, if that blood starts to fill up, if it's not adequately pushed out, then that muscle just continues to stretch and stretch and stretch to a point that's not optimal, right? And so we end up having that con that backup, that congestion. And the failure part is to get the blood out. So as we previously mentioned, um, Kim actually, Kimu just mentioned, 
when the fluid is not uh, pumping effectively, as you can see, your heart gets enlarged, mm -hmm. as in the muscle is stretching, and then fluid builds up around the lungs. As you can see, look, there's blue fluid around that lungs. The stomach can appear to be bloated because there's excess fluid where it shouldn't be. And then you also have those swollen, and the word on the screen is cyanotic, but that's just the oxygen flow has decreased that body area, and um, there's poor oxygen, which is why it shows up blue on the picture there. So they might feel cool. Like yeah. their hands or feet might feel a little mm -hmm. cooler than and they might look a little blue. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And but notice that it. enlarged heart is also fatty. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, it's not as much muscle and now you have more fat and fat doesn't help pump blood effectively. Muscle yeah. does. Exactly. We see enlarged heart in our athletes too, yeah. but what's missing is that fat and Correct. the muscle didn't get thin. It got thicker. thicker. Right. They can still have problems too, um, but that's another topic. All right, Geraldine. So let's uh, run through what does this feel like when you have congestive heart failure? So great. So some people can experience um, chest pain. Um, other other people can experience shortness of breath or something that's called nocturnal dyspnea. So what that means is they are having trouble breathing, especially at night or when they're laying down, they can't really lay flat. They have to like prop themselves up on pillows to be able to breathe. Um, some people may also experience heart palpitations where they feel like their heart is beating faster than normal or beating different from what it, how it normally feels. They can also experience- Which is nothing. <laughs> Normally, you don't, don't feel, feel anything. Right. right. You don't know what your heart is beating, but it's there. <laughs> like if you're noticing it, it's a little indication that maybe something is going on there. Because um, it might take your breath away. This, but right. like, mm. Yeah, that mm -hmm. doesn't feel right. Um, also, another common um, symptom is fatigue. Fatigue when you're active and fatigue when you are at rest, so that you're feeling more tired than normal. Um, we've discussed this earlier, swelling in your, in your ankles, your leg, your abdomen, your, um, even in your arms, if it gets really bad, you can get, uh, you can have swelling all over. Weight gain is another, um, common symptom and needing to go and pee a lot more at night. Um, especially while you're sleeping, you're waking up, you're getting up a lot more in the middle of the night to pee. A dry or hacking cough can also indicate, uh, that you're having, uh, this is also a symptom of heart failure. And um, loss of appetite or having like an upset stomach and nausea. Yeah. And all those symptoms are just because the blood's not flowing. So if it can't go in the direction it's supposed to, it just backs up. There's mm -hmm. like traffic. And that's where all those symptoms come from. Right. And the more they, and the, you know, they start off slow or mild, small, mm -hmm. but as they build up, so do your symptoms. First, it's just like, oh, I'm a little bit sleepy, but then it's like fatigue. I don't even have energy to go to work. Right. Oh, my legs are a little bit swollen, but now they're so painful. I can't walk. We don't want you to wait till it gets to, to that, that point. point. Right. The more in tune you are with your body, the sooner you can get you can avoid the hospital. You know, um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also two types of heart failure. We're not going to go really in depth with that, but there's left-sided heart failure and right-sided heart failure. Both of them are obviously bad, but the left-sided heart failure is when your ventricle isn't working properly and if the blood is backing up. Um, and at that point, it affects your, and so basically left-sided heart failure can actually lead to right-sided heart failure. Um, so just wanted to point that out. And it affects your lungs um, and, other, and other organs as well. And that's where that cough came from mm -hmm. and the shortness of breath. So remember that left ventricle is supposed to pump it out to your body. So when it doesn't, it backs up into the lungs mm -hmm. at first, mm -hmm. then it'll back up into the right side. And then it'll back up into the rest of the body where it came from. Exactly. So you can have the enlarged liver the heavy, the big belly. Yeah. 
All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about who is at risk for developing congestive heart failure. So being older than 65, using tobacco products, cocaine or alcohol, having an inactive lifestyle. And I know you've heard us say this about other um, disease processes, but it remains the same. Eating foods that have a lot of salt and fat, having high blood pressure, having coronary artery disease, having a heart attack, and having a family history of a congestive heart failure. Um, so there are also some complications that can be associated with congestive heart failure. Jody, you want to talk about that? Tell us about that. So we already kind of touched base on a lot, a few of these um, complications. So like the irregular heartbeat, where you're feeling like your heart is not beating as it normally should. It doesn't feel right. Um, or you don't feel it. You, mm-hmm. And you come in for something else. We do the EKG, sure. the stickers on your chest. And we see it's irregular. Yeah. And now we're start. Now we're looking at a whole different direction, maybe. Right. right. Heart valve problems, um, pulmonary hypertension. So that's your when when uh, Kimberly mentioned when that blood is back flowing into the lungs, and then it's causing problems in your um, pulmonary or your pulmonary system or your lungs. Um, also, sudden cardiac arrest, which is basically when your heart <laughs> just stops. Um, and it's different. I do want to point out it is different from a heart attack because as we mentioned in our previous episode, heart attack is when there's a blockage in the heart. Um, but with cardiac arrest, your heart stops completely, stops beating. And at that point, uh, you need CPR and to get to the hospital. Also, other complications of heart failure. Heart, your heart is so important because it supplies blood to the, your body. So it can, heart um, failure can also affect your kidneys. Bless you. You can have kidney damage, liver damage, as well as um, it can affect your gastrointestinal, your GI system as well, where you can become malnourished um, with congestive heart failure. And so we see those patients in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So if they're not getting blood to their kidney, now they're coming in with an acute kidney injury, right? And they haven't been able to pee properly. They might have some pain in that area. So they're closely related. And then, of course, we're going to be checking your blood regularly to see when that kidney function improves and monitoring your your urine output uh, around the clock. So you've come into the hospital. It's Thanksgiving. You had turkey. Ham. You had ham. (laughs) And it was salty, but it was good, wasn't it? It was good. (laughs) Cherries, pineapple. Yeah. All the good stuff. Had a nice little drink with all the cousins. Mm -hmm. And then you're short of breath. And you notice your feet are a little swollen. Not a little swollen. There are a lot of swollen. <laughs> so you decide, I want to go to the emergency department. They come in. They uh, they do all these tests. They run all this, uh, take all this blood from you. They diagnose you. You could be having some heart failure issues here. And you're like, wow. All right. So we've talked about all of that. And you're like, well, what's next? How are you going to treat me? Let's talk about that. So your treatment will actually depend upon the type of heart failure you have. And in part, what caused it, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are medications and lifestyle changes are part of every heart failure treatment. I'll say that again. Medications and lifestyle changes are part of every heart failure treatment plan. Emphasis on the lifestyle modification. (laughs) (laughs) Your healthcare provider will talk to you about the best treatment plan for you. So there is no cure for heart failure. As congestive heart failure gets worse, your heart muscle pumps less blood to your organs, as we discussed. And you move, and there are stages of heart failure. So as you move along, you'll go to the next stage of heart failure. Since you can't move backwards, so once you get to a certain stage, you don't go back, okay? Um, the goal is uh, for treatment is to keep you moving forward through the stages or to slow down the progression of the heart failure, okay? 
So to do that, we're going to recommend that you rec regularly exercise, such as walking every day. No tobacco products. We may um, start you on if you're not already, and if you have an issue with high blood pressure, give you some medication. Recommend a low sodium diet because where salt goes, water goes, mm -hmm. right? Don't so worry. if you are having a high salt diet, you're going to make that fluid problem even worse because mm -hmm. salt, wherever salt goes, water is going to go. And water leads to pain mm -hmm. and weight gain. Exactly. More shortness of breath. Yeah. And then also having that active lifestyle. And stress on the heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We already talked about the fluid that is backed up. And you, it has nowhere else to go. We don't want to make that problem even worse with having a high salt intake. Um, you're going to be on treatment for high cholesterol if you're not already on it. Limiting to no alcohol use, right, or recreational drugs. We're going to start you on medications to help with coronary artery disease, diabetes, and other vascular issues if they um, exist. Um, we may start you on some medications, uh, well, medications in general. You may also get possible surgery or treatments to help with coronary artery blockages. We already talked about this uh, this black backflow of fluid, but things that could complicate this even worse are blockages in the heart due to um, your diet and lack of exercise. So we want to make sure that we're give, if we're giving medication to help open up those vessels, help that help the fluid move through even better, right? Because we don't want to have that backflow. Yeah. What else? Yeah, that's what all those medications have in common is reducing the stress on the, the heart, heart exactly, right? and increasing blood flow. And then you mentioned something, and I was going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back to you. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, also very important, uh, we've mentioned with restricting the salt in your diet, once again, where salt goes, water follows. Um, weight tracking is a big part of mm -hmm. um, things that we always tell uh, patients with congestive heart failure to do. So every morning we tell them to make sure that they check their weight because uh, that kind of, that helps assess how they're coming along as far mm -hmm. as their congestive heart failure um, disease or progression. Yeah. So the rule of thumb is that if you gain more than five pounds in a week, it's fluid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I watch, I consume a lot of content on YouTube and people do like a lot of juice fasting and, and they'll be like, I lost 30 pounds in three weeks. It was fluid. Yeah. Like people just don't realize the impact fluids having on their physical appearance. And once you like cut down that salt, you, you and you can now start to see those muscles are defined. And it's like you had no idea it was related to the salt intake because you've gotten so used to the way your body looks. But until you cut it down, you really you think it's fat or you're just fluffy or thick. And actually, it's, it's just water yeah. intake. Yeah. And also, depending on what stage of congestive heart failure you are in, we may also, um, in addition to limiting your salt intake, we may also have you limit your fluid mm. um, as well to kind of help. In addition to giving you those water mm. pills that help you. <laughs> They're saying, cool, because in the hospital, <laughs> that was always a challenge with our congestive heart failure patients, because I think what sometimes they were only able to have a like liter a liter of fluid, which is basically two like regular water size bottles yeah. a day. That's how much water or fluids in general, not just water that included fluid. juice or whatever they, you know, fluids in general. So, and oftentimes they wanted more, they were thirsty, but because of their heart failure, we had to um, scale back on how much fluid they can have because their body just can't process it. Yeah. Right. And we mentioned all those medications. So you think about how much fluids required just to take pills. Yeah. And that that's included in the number. So yeah. even if you go home, your doctor might say, to continue that, what we call fluid restriction. I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> so we talked about exercise. 
which is doable in the early stages of heart failure. But as it gets worse, it, it's um, it's not impossible, but it's very, very challenging. And they do have like cardiac and pulmonary rehab facilities mm-hmm. that can help you with that. I used to work on a cardiovascular surgical unit. And so those people are really waiting for transplants mm-hmm. and they have external devices that do the work for their heart for them. And they just can't, they technically cannot leave the hospital because they're hooked up to this machine mm-hmm. and require so much medical care. Um, and that's just to either hold them till they can get a heart, a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. That means someone has to die for them to get that organ, or that is just their pathway until they die. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked a lot about fluid and restrictions, but sometimes we'll start you on, you may have heard of the term a water pill. Everybody's favorite. A water <laughs> pill, right? Diuretic. It's, it's a diuretic. <laughs> so that medication is going to help get rid of that excess fluid that your body's not able to process. And what does that mean? You're going to be peeing. So it's interesting because a symptom or a sign of heart failure is urinating a lot or urinating mm-hmm. at night, but also an effect of medication that we're going to give you is also urinating. So just kind of keep that in mind. Oh, I'm glad you brought that, um, that medication up because that's the first one that you'll be put on typically once you get diagnosed with high blood pressure. Right. Because as we mentioned, salt, right? We're eating these chips and people really don't know what, so the People who come in with heart failure, they you ask them what they've been eating in the last week. Oh, I had some Vienna sausages. Yep, My family <laughs> brought in me some Popeye's chicken. They're ordering pizza. You know, and the first thing, someone who's picking them up in the hospital is bringing them like some kind of Italian sub. All those things are full of sodium. And so the first pill you'll get put on is a diuretic to help decrease it. That'll lower your blood pressure. But also when you come to the hospital, we're going to increase that dose and it's typically going to be your IV. Give you a catheter in your arm and inject it through your um, through that catheter and then monitor your urination very closely, which means you have to pee in some container. The nurse has to come look at that urine and the container and measure it. Mm-hmm. That's all we're trying to do is measure your kidney function, right? <laughs> and the amount, and then we're going to take, we're going to wake you up early in the morning before you eat or drink anything and do your dry weight so we can see how you're progressing. So as time goes along and the heart has trouble continuing to do its job, they may put you on some more invasive medications, or you may have to get, um, as Kimberly mentioned, maybe a device to kind of help your heart pump like it's supposed to. And ultimately, if your heart decides it, it decides that it doesn't want to function properly enough to sustain um, your life, life <laughs> then um, there's you may potentially have to get a heart transplant. Or have discussions with your family, loved ones, and yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. it's time to, to look into palliative, which is, um, you know, living a pain-free and a um, more comfortable, more com- yeah. comfort is the word I'm looking yeah. for, mm-hmm. a more comfortable life or looking toward hospice care if the prognosis is looking like it's six months or less that you um, have it this year. Yeah, and really palliative. Well, we don't do a good job in healthcare about mm-hmm. discussing palliative. And technically, the day you get diagnosed with something that's chronic, we talked about chronic before this season. Once you, I say, let's say you have kidney insufficiency. The day I, I tell you that, you could be 25, you might have that for another 30 years. I should tell you about palliative that moment because I know as the disease progresses, your needs are going to increase and become more complex. And so palliative is all about controlling symptoms. And that could be at any point in your in your disease. Unfortunately, we bring it up when we're talking life and death. And so it tends to have a negative connotation. And the second we say it, people think they're dying. They're dying. And then the conversation really can't even move forward anymore. 
because they're so focused on the fact that, hey, I thought I just had this problem. Now you're telling me I'm dying. And that's our fault, really. We're not doing a good enough job. And that's because we're still human and it's not a topic everyone's comfortable with. And in some areas of healthcare, the goal is always to like fix and cure. And that's not always going to be the case. Not everything can be fixed or cured. And um, yeah, so that's the only reason that it's not talked about as much as it should be, but it's, it's, it's just, they're specialists. They, people who do that job are really um, well-talented. They're so patient. Yeah. And um, I had the opportunity to do a palliative rotation and the focus is on comfort. Right. You might not be able to decrease all your pain, but typically palliative care specialists are able to do more complicated regimens just because they're used to doing that. If some of this has to do with just people's experience. And so seeing them can really increase your quality of life. And then like the diarrhea, the constipation that might be chronic in these conditions, they do all that. If you're not sleeping, all those kind of other symptoms that nobody really talks about, they specialize in. Exactly. So as far as um, prevention, um, although sometimes we can't change the risk factors like age, family, these are like your your race, these are your non-modifiable risk factors, the things that you can change are your life, like your lifestyle, your habits, um, maintaining a healthy weight. We can't stress that enough. Um, eating foods that are good for your heart, heart following a heart healthy diet by limiting that salt intake, um, limiting your salt intake and limiting your like the fatty foods and the, and the fat and the saturated fats, exercising regularly, managing your stress, um, stopping the use of tobacco products, whether that's cigarettes, cigars, um, hookah, not drinking alcohol. Or they, we haven't talked about. Oh, we, yeah. oh my god! We haven't done a whole episode on that. <laughs> yes, no. for sure. People think that's safe, and it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, not using recreational drugs, um, and also taking care of like other medical conditions that you have that can increase your risk, such as blood pressure and diabetes and obesity. So we gave you a lot today, but we can't stress the importance enough. It's the holiday season. We know that you want to have those good foods with your family. And we're not saying don't enjoy them because you should, right? Everyone deserves a good meal. But just keep this in mind as um, you you factor in your entire lifestyle and have these conversations with your primary care provider. So today we talked about um, congestive heart failure or CHF. So some signs and symptoms to look out for, the swelling the um, shortness of breath, mm-hmm. increased urination, some complications that could be um, affected by um, congestive heart failure. How to avoid hospitalization. We don't want to see you, but if you get sick, we will see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I interject real quick? Yeah. Because you mentioned primary care. So what I want you to do, if you've been diagnosed with heart failure, this is for people who are diagnosed, you're checking your weight every day. Yes. If by the end of that week, you notice you've gained five pounds, Call primary care yeah. because all they, they can increase your prescription on yeah. that water yeah. pill, that diuretic, and completely avoid coming to the hospital. Exactly. Completely. But if you once you get too far, they That's can't help. They can't help. Right. That prevention is key. Yeah. Right. So get on that scale. I know yes. people say numbers, no numbers don't matter, but they matter <laughs> here. <laughs> they matter. <laughs> um, also managing your diet, if take away uh, where salt goes water goes. So when you come to the hospital, yes, your food's not going to have salt at all. And know your nurses are going to bring it to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just trying to get you home faster. Yeah. Um, weight management, common, uh, we talked about common medications, 
and the side effects of medications. Remember that water pill is going to make you go. <laughs> Alrighty. So you can email us your questions or show ideas at tmi.melanin at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Please share the show with your friends. We want to hear from them. We want them to watch. Um, rate the Apple Podcast and Spotify and leave a comment. It really helps the show get the support it needs and the message out there to those who need it. You can find our social media links and a list of resources and, uh, related to our conversation in the description box. We release a new show weekly on TMI Tuesdays at 10 on YouTube and all your favorite podcast apps. Follow, like, and share our content with all your friends. And thank you for watching. Happy holidays. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we didn't give you too much information. Join us next Tuesday at 10 for a new episode of the Melanin Initiative.